Hey everybody, hope that you are doing good. Happy Sunday, happy weekend. And I hope that you are staying cool. Um, you know, in San Francisco, I only get to say that maybe once or twice a year. And uh, this uh, weekend or week is one of those weeks. So it's amazing how the weather just shifts on us. A couple days ago, we were wearing our sweatshirts and jackets and then now it's uh, just really hot. And uh, I know all those who are inland who are hearing this are going, oh, that's what we deal with all the time. But in San Francisco, we don't have any air conditioning. So anyway, um, but it is what it is. And it's good to be with you guys. And uh, uh, again, I hope you're, you're doing well. We are continuing our series called My Place in This World. And, um, you know, if, uh, you know, by the way, if you're kind of wondering where that title came from and, and, uh, or if you recognize it, I did uh, steal it from a song by Michael W. Smith that's, you know, decades ago. But when I first started walking with God, I, it was one of those, those signature songs. So, um, but the, the reason that uh, this series has been on my heart is because, you know, when we go through seasons, times uh, like that we've been going through, and our world is just uh, hard to even explain. It's so challenging. Things are, are, are changing quite a bit. Uh, lots of pressures, things to, to worry about and stress about. Um, you know, sometimes we can wonder what our place is. What are we supposed to, to do? How are we supposed to act? What are some decisions that we should be making? And, uh, you know, this truly is, uh, you know, people said unprecedented, crazy uh, times that we're in. And so we sometimes will try to figure out, well, God, what do you have me to do? What, what steps should I take? And that's really what we've been talking about. And so, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about the importance of being adaptable, uh, to, to adapt in time. So not to be so strict and rigid, but to say, okay, Lord, what are you doing now? As, as things are, are different, uh, the, it feels like the rug is being swept, pulled out from underneath us, or, or the, the ground is uneven, and we hold on to God for stability. And then uh, last week, uh, we talked about uh, making sure that we don't get deceived. There's many different ideologies and philosophies and people trying to get our attention, trying to convince us of, of different ways of thinking. And so we have to uh, stay the course with God, staying uh, true to Him, and finding uh, our path by seeking His Word, uh, because His Word is truth. It's, his light is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. And today I wanted to also encourage us as we are just being impacted, and things have been changing and are, are certain in our lives, uh, we've also been impacted when it comes to how we do church. Yeah, we don't get to gather on Sunday mornings anymore. We don't get to go to prayer meetings or, or worship nights or some of those things that some of us have enjoyed. And so I wanted to uh, just have this conversation with you because you might be wondering, well, well what about my spiritual life? What about, uh, you know, uh, my, my time with God, my relationship with God? Uh, what do I do? What, where's, what's my place in this world in this time when it comes to my, my walk with God and how it impacts the rest of my life? And my encouragement is what we need to do in this time. We, don't, we can't access our house of worship, and we have to uh, be distant from the hugs and the handshakes and, and, and the holding of hands that we used to do. My encouragement to you today is this. Pray anyway. Yeah, to actually uh, determine in your heart that you are going to decide to pray no matter what. 
doesn't matter when we get to get back together or when our house of worship might be opened, we must choose to pray in the midst of these times. Instead of allowing our prayer life to become obsolete or to diminish, uh, I want to encourage not even just to kind of stay consistent in what we were doing before in prayer, but actually invest in the praying all the more. To step up our prayer life, to engage into prayer. Because I would say that if you're wondering where your place in this world, what, what we should be, uh, what we're dealing with, there's a great deal uh, of, of need out there. And so where should we be in our place in, the, in this world? It should be this, on our knees. That's where we should be. We should be on our knees, taking personal responsibility in our walk with God. You know, we can't put our faith on hold, and we cannot put our spiritual walk in the hands of someone else, or some structure, or organization, organization, or a physical location. We can't we can't put our our faith in God and our relationship with Him in somebody else's hands or some uh, or someone else's responsibility, and and we can't put it on hold. But instead, we need to take responsibility in these times to walk with God to be in relationship with him and to be in his presence no matter what our circumstances are like. And every single one of us has had their lives disrupted. When this uh, COVID-19 coronavirus came, we had no idea the implications of it, uh, you know, but all of us in some way, shape or form, our lives have been uh, disrupted, challenged, and you know, we can't do the things that we did before. We can't gather like we were able to before. We can't do congregational worship you know, we can't spend time, you know, in, in gatherings praying for one another anymore. So what do you do as a Christ follower when these things, uh, these things that we've, you know, created, when they're removed? What do we do? Well, I think that we can learn a lot from Daniel. We've been actually reading in the book of Daniel as a part of our, our weekly devotions. We've been gathering every Wednesday at 2 p.m. And uh, lately we've been, we've been talking about Daniel. And I learned a lot from Daniel. It's really inspired uh, by him. And so let me share his story with you really quick. And the background is basically this. You know, he was uh, an Israelite um, in living uh, probably in Jerusalem at the time. And, and what had happened with the nation of Israel after a, a amount of time is they began to become disobedient to God. And really what the disobedient was defined like this, that they began to do what was right in their own eyes. People uh, quit looking to uh, God's word as uh, the guide of their life. They, they quit looking to uh, priests or spiritual leaders and, and the prophets as uh, giving them direction and correction. Um, instead, they just kind of said, well, I'm going to make it up. I'll make up my own philosophy. I'll make up my own uh, way of doing things. And so because they were doing that, what seemed right in their own eyes, they began to fall away and become disobedient. And what they ended up doing is taking ideologies and philosophies different gods and kind of combining them all together to sort of make up their own faith or their own religion. Well, after a while, the Lord, he, he couldn't get a hold of their hearts. He couldn't get a hold of their attention in that situation. So what happened was the Lord allowed the Israelites to be conquered by the Babylonians. And so what had happened was uh, the Babylonians took over. They decimated uh, uh, Jerusalem. The, you, know, it, it, you know, Israelites were kind of scattered um, and uh, the places of worship were, were, were ruined, uh, temples, etc. And, and so, um, uh, you know, families, culture, and everybody. And what happened was they ended up kind of uh, capturing uh, uh, 
the, the, the Israelites and bringing them, this called the exile, into to live with the Babylonians. They began to rule them and oppress them. And so now, uh, this going back to the story of Daniel, he is now one of them, him and his friends, kind of get, getting pulled in. And now they're all under sort of this new uh, cultural pressure, uh, bowing down, you know, uh, telling them to bow down to the king of Babylon. And, and, uh, and telling them to, to, to believe in astrologers and the magicians and the sorcerers and these Babylonian gods so much they wanted to change their, their identity so much that they gave them new names. They, they all be, were given Babylonian names, trying to completely change their identity, their way of thinking, uh, and, and their, their, uh, even their faith and their beliefs. So uh, among all these Israelites, as I had mentioned, were Daniel and three of his friends, and they were actually seen as wise people uh, in their community. And so what happened was the king of Babylon actually says, king, his name is Nebuchadnezzar, he actually said, hey, I want you guys to actually uh, work uh, in our, the, the king's courts. I want you guys to be a part of sort of my wise committee, wise uh, council, so to speak. And so they actually were elected to serve in the king's palace. Now, could you imagine being in that situation where, like, where you live, your house of worship, everything, all your family gets, and, and community kind of gets sort of, like, taken over, and you get kind of uh, taken from your home to your own city, and you get taken into another, another place, another country, uh, where they'd only, they only, it's not that they don't even respect your God, but they want you to sort of uh, let go of your culture your, your belief system, and now follow uh, their, their belief system. Could you, could you imagine being in that situation, that, that circumstance? It's hard for me to even, uh, to, to even fathom that type of a scenario. But that's really what Daniel and his friends went through uh, during that time. Now, the times that we're in, kind of, it kind of feels, it kind of feels like that in a way. Now, certainly... Our situation does not compare to that, but we're still getting a taste of disruption. And you know, we can't go to our, our house of worship, our, our children can't go to their school, and many businesses have to close up shop. Um, you know, our country uh, has not been conquered, and we are not serving a king in a foreign land. But I think that still yet we can learn from Daniel as he's going through this this life disruption. I think we can learn from him because his situation uh, uh, where his, his homeland was taken, his culture was taken, his family and friends, uh, he no longer had the temple to worship in. You know, uh, we kind of have a, a taste of that in a way, I guess. We can't gather right now. We, we can't have corporate gatherings right now. So the question is, is then how do you respond? How do you respond in this situation? Well, I think we can learn from Daniel. Here's what he did. He prayed anyway. He prayed anyway, even though everything had been disrupted, everything had been changed, unprecedented times that he went through. Daniel gives us this model where he created a custom for himself. So that's the first thing that we need to do. We need to create a custom for ourselves. Daniel 6.10 says this, Daniel always prayed to God three times every day. Three times every day he bowed down on his knees to pray and praise God. Even though Daniel heard about the new law, he still went to his house to pray. He went up to the upper room of his house and opened the window that faced towards Jerusalem. 
Then, da then Daniel bowed down on his knees and prayed just as he had always done. Daniel created a custom for himself. He no longer had his community. He no longer had the temple. He, never, he no longer had the, the freedom of worship that he had. Everything was kind of taken away. But what he did was he decided to pray anyway, but he created a new custom. Now that he went from Israel, from Jerusalem, now into to, to the Babylonian Empire, he now has his room and he has his upper room and he goes and he opens up the window that faced towards Jerusalem. And he bowed on his knees and he prayed to God, not once a day, but three times a day. He created a new custom for himself. Now think about it. Daniel could have stared out his window and longed for the good old days and had this regret and had this sorrow. And he could have kind of put his life on hold. He could have put all his, his, his spiritual life on hold. He could have even sunk into a deep depression and he could have lived like a prisoner or like a victim. But he didn't. No, that's not what he does. Instead, he adapted to his new environment and his new circumstances. He didn't fight against uh, the king, but instead he ended up serving in the king's household. He didn't follow the, the philosophies, though, and the teachings and, and worship the Babylonian gods. So he, he didn't do that, but he, he didn't give in to the, the cultural philosophies and practices. Instead, he watches. He, he watched what he ate. He could have given up in, in eating and, and drinking the wine of the king's court. But he said, no, we need to keep ourselves sharp. And what did he do? He prayed anyway. He created a new custom for himself. That's what he did. I think that Daniel is really uh, being the model of what we've been talking about here in this series. That in times like these, in a, our place in this world, you know, we can't just sort of, uh, you know, just sulk, you know. We can't just, you know, be depressed, but we have to take the steps to, 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 to change, to, to adapt. And, and we have to, um, to not give in to the philosophies and ideologies that are out there, the, the, the pulls and, and the, 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 the bullying of, of different ways of thinking. And we have to choose to, to pray, pray despite the circumstances and challenges that we are in. He prayed anyway. He created a new custom for himself. And guess what? We need to create a new custom for ourselves too. We need to make a decision, make a commitment to pray to God on a regular basis. So my question to us today is this, what does our spiritual life look like now? What does it look like now that we're not able to gather? Honestly, can you describe it? Can you, can you write it down if I asked you? Could, you? could you take a picture of it? Could you send it to me? Could you take a video of what your spiritual life looks like? Are you singing songs, singing hymns, the ones that you know? Maybe looking up some new ones? Are you praising Him? Are you taking time to pray? Are you getting into His Word? Are you, are you doing your devotions? You know, I have actually had people uh, send me pictures of their new sanctuary. It's like they got their, like, you know, table set up with like their Bible out and their pen and their notebook and you know, I got a communion elements and it's like this is my new sanctuary. It's my new church. It just really just touches my heart when I see people creating their their environment, their sanctuary, creating a new custom for themselves. There's lots of things that we can do. We can listen to our Sunday the Sunday's message. We can we can put on a worship playlist. We can read some scripture. We can do our devotions, pray, recite prayers, 
close our eyes, meditate on God. Now, it could be in your bedroom. It could be in another room in your home. It could be in a backyard or a patio or maybe on a walk. See, we can, it, it, it doesn't matter kind of where we, where we have. We just need to choose a time and we need to choose a place so that we can enter into the presence of God. One of my favorite stories is uh, by uh, a man named Brother Lawrence, if you've ever heard his story. Uh, it's pretty uh, fascinating where he actually joined this group of Christian monks and it was at this monastery where basically they spent their time you know, praying and writing devotionals and writing sermons and just really just a time to dedicate themselves to the Lord, remove, to the Lord and remove all the distractions of the world around them. Well, one of the guys, Brother Lawrence, I guess he must have been kind of like low man on the totem pole amongst these monks. And so they had him actually do the do the dishes. You know, he was always washing the dishes. And uh, I must still be the low man on the totem pole because I wash the dishes in my house. So anyway, he was that guy. And he was kind of like, man, I'm kind of like the low man on the totem pole. I'm kind of bummed out here, you know. And he was kind of had this little bit of an attitude, you know, towards God. But then he realized that he could actually enter into the presence of God anywhere. Why? Because God's presence is everywhere. It's everywhere. It's, it didn't have to just be in a house of worship or a temple. It could be in our home. And he realized that God's presence could be with him right there while he was washing dishes. And so that's what he did. He entered into God's presence while he would do the dishes, while he would do his chores. And it was amazing the insights that he got. It was amazing what God spoke to him. It was amazing how his, his prayer life just transformed him. And even he wrote a book about it called Practicing the Presence of God. So if you're looking for a good read about uh, finding his presence in any location, anytime, that's a really good one. But the same is true for us. We can find his presence anywhere. You know, for Daniel, he prayed in his upper room and he did it three times a day, opening up his window, looking to Jerusalem. For Brother Lawrence, it was at the kitchen sink doing dishes for every a lot of people, you know, not just himself. So the question is, what about you? Where can you create a custom for yourself? Do you have a place in your house? Do you have a place that you can walk to, a place that you can go? Do you have a certain time in the day that you can set aside, that you can be with God, be in his presence? We need to choose that, folks. We have to create new customs for ourselves during this time, during this uh, time that we're in, in the world that we're living in now. So we have to do that. And then also, number two, we have to do this. We have to let nothing separate us from God's love. Yeah, God is still wanting to impart his love to us. And so we can't actually put that on hold where we only experience God's love at church on Sunday morning when we'd go to church we have to realize he wants to continue to pour out and impart his love into our lives every single day. Romans 8, 35 and 38 says this, Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity? Or are persecuted or are hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? And I am convinced, this is verse 38, that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today or our worries for tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. Isn't that true? Nothing out there 
can separate us from God's love. Whatever we're experiencing and experiencing because of the implications of the season that we're in, whatever spiritual forces that we've experienced, whatever emotional struggle that we might be going through, whatever economic implications, physical situations, relational uh, problems, personal shortcomings, sin that we might be falling into. Nothing has the power to remove us, separate us, or get us in between, or to get in between us and God, unless we let it. That's the caveat. It's only when we allow something, some circumstance, some situation, some some uh, attitude, some uh, sinful uh, behavior, some uh, 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 challenges, desires, relational problems. Nothing can get in between us and the love of God unless we let it. That's what the scripture tells us. So if we're getting knocked off our rocker here, if we're getting uh, uh, distant in our relationship with God and starting to suffer in this time, if we have uh, not been able to recognize God's love, if you can't say, I can't remember the last time I experienced God's love. Well, it's not the power of the external force. It's our internal resignation. We start to resign. We start to give up a little bit. And that's where that gap between us and the love of God begins. And sometimes it can start a little bit, and it can get more and more and more until we can find ourselves very far from God. So my encouragement to you is that whatever you're experiencing, it's important to name it, articulate it. Is it financial worries? Is it stresses? Is it, is it something that's going on with the, the family? Are you with loneliness? Is it, is it fear? Is it anger, frustration with your, your, your neighbor or your church or your pastor or the government? Whatever it is, at least it's not, I, I'm hoping, persecution, hunger, or death, but still yet what we might be going through are significant challenges. So whatever it is that you're going through, I want to encourage you, pray anyway. Pray anyway. Because yeah, we're going through it. We're going through something that is kind of causing us to have to choose. And I believe that there's two types of Christians uh, that are are responding, or people, Christians are responding to this season in, in two different ways. One type, uh, because we can't gather in church, because we can't uh, have the environment of, of gatherings like we used to, um, one type is deciding to create new disciplines for themselves. They're setting new times uh, to be with God. And like Daniel, they're, they're praying in their room, uh, they're, they're thriving in their relationship with God, they're receiving his love on a regular basis. But then there's a second type. There's a second group that are making a different decision. They're putting their spiritual life on hold. And they're putting their walk with God uh, on hold for this time. And what's happening is that some are starting to flounder. Some are starting to wander. Some are starting to fall into to sinful habits. Some have bad attitudes and are blaming others. Some are getting caught up, caught up in some of the cultural ideologies. So while one group is very inspirational, the other group is very concerning. And so it doesn't really take uh, rocket science or even much, even prophetic discernment to just kind of fast forward the tape here three months, six months, nine months down the road, and we kind of have these two different 
groups of people in two very different situations that, you know, because of the implications of this time, some uh, have made a decision to get closer in their walk with God, to, to pray anyway, to get closer to Him, to build a relationship with God, receive from His love, and others have kind of put their relationship with God on hold, and they found themselves sort of floundering and wandering. So we have, uh, so you can only imagine that we have these uh, two different types of people that will be in a de definitely in a different place. We should fast for the table two months out. So my question is, is where will you be? Where will you be in, in a few months, six months, nine months, a year? Where are you going to be at? Are you going to be closer in your walk with God, or are you going to be distant from Him? Are you going to uh, well see? Well, it was because this, or because of that, or the, because of the, because of COVID, and this thing happened that, that that's why I, you know, made, did, did this. Or are you going to take responsibility for your faith? Are you going to find a time and place to be with God and to, to grow in your walk with Him and to to receive His love? You know, for those of us who do choose to develop uh, greater disciplines and to, to be with God on, on, a, on a daily basis and to be praying and to be seeking Him, for us, it's going to be our finest hour. We talked about that uh, several weeks ago. This will be our finest hour for those of us who press into Him. But for those who, who don't, those who allow this to kind of cause a, a drift, these will be one of our darkest hours. And so my encouragement to you is don't let this be a dark hour for you. Let it be your finest hour. Press into him. Make sure that you are receiving his love. Don't let anything get in between you and the love of God. Don't do it. Instead, allow this season, allow this environment that you're in cause you to thrive. So we have to recognize that nothing can get in between us and God's love unless you let it. And don't let it. And then the third thing is this. Allow God's work to go through you. Yeah, God doesn't want to just do work in you to just keep inside of you. He does. He wants to, to bring transformation, to bring healing, to bring peace, to bring goodness, but he also wants to cause his work to go through us. Daniel 5.14, somebody uh, down the road, Nebuchadnezzar had, had, was no longer the king, it was now uh, Darius, and here was his response to Daniel. He said this to him, I have heard of you. Have a reputation, Daniel that the Spirit of God is in you, and that light and understanding and excellent wisdom are found in you. Daniel had such a prayer life that even touched the king of the land. It caused such reputation. You know, Daniel had developed this, this prayer life that it gave him a reputation. It caused such wisdom, such insight, was able to interpret dreams. It led to other spiritual disciplines and habits. And it positioned Daniel for many miracles in his life, including shutting the mouths of the lions when he was thrown into the pit and keeping his friends uh, saved from the fiery furnace. You know, what a powerful uh, testimony having the prayer life that he had. It touched people around him. And I, and I believe that we can, we can trust this, that when you have a strong prayer life, you develop an impactful life. Let me say that again. When you have a strong prayer life, you develop an impactful life. You know, the reason is not for us to just uh, to become a person of influence. The reason I'm not, talking about to, I'm not encouraging you to have 
a strong prayer life is so that you'll become known or you'll, you'll have a position of power in the community. That's really not the heart behind this. But instead, it's to be a person that touches people around you with the very essence of God. You see, if you are in devotion to God, receiving His love, then you will naturally just touch the lives of people around you without even trying. It's as if you will sort of leak God's love, leak His goodness, leak His grace, leak His mercy, leak His truth into the lives of people around you. <clears throat> I've shared this illustration uh, before, and most of you may have heard it, but I feel like it's really fitting, so I'm going to share it again. But it's the one, the story about the cracked pots. You remember that? Or the one cracked pot. You remember that? Where, where this uh, lady, or I don't know if it could have been a man or a lady, but at least for this uh, time, I'm going to say it's a lady, went down uh, to fill some pots with water, and she'd go down this creek, uh, or down this trail, down to this, to this creek, and she would go down and she would uh, fill up these pots of water, and then she would kind of make her way back and she would bring the, the pots to the master's house. Well, one of these pots had a crack in the side of it, you know, and so by the time that she would bring these two pots back, she'd bring like one full pot and one was like maybe half or three quarters full. And she would notice that as she kept doing this, you know, over and over again, she noticed that as she went, there was all these flowers that had bloomed on the side that that cracked pot was. It was like that pot was just sort of leaking water. You know what? The same is true of us. Each one of us, we're not perfect. Each one of us are, are, are cracked. The important part of this story is, you know, not necessarily that it was cracked or how cracked it was, but it was really, a, a, the important part of the story was that the lady had gone down every single day to fill her canister with water. And because she, she, she had a cracked pot, it would just sort of, sort of leak the goodness of, uh, it would leak the water. And I think the same way is true of us, is that when we make that commitment to pray anyway, what we're doing is we're filling up on the goodness of God. We're filling up on His love. We're, we're filling up on his, his wisdom and His understanding. And then because we're just people, where people are just kind of kind of broken and, and, and we're just going throughout our day and our interactions with people who just sort of leak his goodness, leak his love. And maybe there's not an, an immediate uh, transformation in people's lives. Maybe not. But after a while, it just sort of waters sort of the earth around us. It waters people's lives. And you see transformation. You see God doing a work in the lives of people around us. And so we have to make that choice. We have to make that commitment to fill up on God. We have to make that choice to, to allow him to fill us with his love and goodness. You know, the difference between a bountiful and a fruitful tree and a withering vine is its connection to the source, the great resource, who is God. If you can imagine a parched land, what's the difference between a tree that's just bountiful with fruit versus one that's withered? Well, both of them are receiving the, the same sunlight. Both of them still have, have the same weather. It's really where its roots are, connected to the source. So my question for you is, how will you be in this time, in this season when things are different, challenge, our world is going through something? And for some of it, it seems like it's a parched land. Well, will, you, will you be withered? Will you be, will you be withered in a few months from now? Or will you be a bountiful blessing to the others around you? You know, 
I think I know your choice. You want to be a blessing. And I do too. Therefore, no matter what, we must choose to pray. It's not a matter of how much, I guess what I'm saying, uh, when it comes to hitting a religious mark, uh, so to speak. You know, uh, sometimes we look at the life of Daniel and say, we prayed every day, three times a day. And, and sometimes we can translate this message as, um, well, does that mean that I have to kind of like pray three times a day to kind of hit this religious mark? And uh, if I can't do it, then there's something wrong with me. I kind of put that religious uh, mark, trying to hit, hit, hit certain uh, things uh, away uh, from your mind. But instead, think of this as how can I press in more? How can I grow in uh, God more in this time? How can I increase uh, uh, the bounty and the blessing and the goodness in my life and for the lives of others? You know, if you ask that question and you can just take a look at this and say, God, what else can I do? What other step can I take? How can I, how can I grow in you more? How can I, be, how can I develop the, the understanding, the wisdom, the, the direction? How can I grow? How can I be filled with his love more? You know, as I was thinking about this message, I was asking that question to myself. And, you know, over some time, I think that I've developed uh, a bad habit. Um, every morning uh, when I get up, the first thing I do is I grab my phone and I look at my phone and uh, usually I read the, the headlines of the news. Every morning, the first thing I do, you know, I stumble, stumble into the kitchen and I grab a cup of coffee, you know. And I, and I was thinking about Daniel. And I was thinking, you know, Daniel made it a point every day to, to get on his knees before God and to pray, to open up his window and, and to pray before God. And I was thinking, you know, right next to my bed, on my side of the bed, there's a window and uh, there's a tree, you know, out. I, don't, I can't really see much other than just some, just I got some pears or something, but it's, it's, it's nice. And I thought to myself, you know, what if I put down a prayer mat, you know, in front of my window? And instead of grabbing my phone, you know, I roll out, roll out a bed onto my prayer mat spend the first few moments of my day with God. And so I was thinking about that, and I thought, you know, it's not about, like I said, hitting the mark, but it's more about pressing in more. And so I was talking to my wife, and I said, hey, why don't, why don't, uh, why don't I get a prayer mat? Maybe help me to, to buy a prayer mat. So anyway, she does have a purchasing list, so I asked her to see if she can look for, for one for me. So maybe you'll join me. Maybe you'll get yourself some type of prayer mat and you'll put it down next to your bed. And uh, whatever the first thing you typically do in the morning, maybe you'll, you'll change it. You'll create a new custom and you'll roll out of bed and you'll get on your prayer mat and spend the first few moments with God. Now, some of you who are listening to this today will might say, well, how do I pray? Or for those of you who have been praying for quite some time, it's, it's good to just kind of be reminded or think about structuring your prayer a little bit. So here's the thing that I would like to encourage you or just uh, something to think about as you're uh, getting ready to pray. There's three things that you can do, three categories uh, that you can use for your prayer time. The first thing that you can do is this. You can give thanks to God. Daniel would do that on a regular basis. You just give thanks to God. What are you grateful for? What are the blessings in your life? What testimony uh, has God done in your life? Start by saying thanks, giving thanks to God. And then the second is to seek God for wisdom. It says in this word that if uh, whoever lacks wisdom, we can ask for it and God gives it away freely. 
So seek uh, his guidance, seek his instruction, uh, his understanding. What is God doing? What's his kingdom? What is his kingdom? How do I align with it? How do I partner with God? How do I be his hands and feet? And the third thing to do is to petition, is to ask God, do you have a need in your life? Does someone you know have a need in your life? In their life, the Bible tells us to ask, to seek, to knock. Uh, he loves to give good gifts to his children. And so you can do that. When you set, set time to pray, you're like, I don't know what to, how to pray or how to do it. Start with uh, the first thing, to, uh, to give God thanks, then to seek his wisdom, and then to petition, to ask God. So we have to ask ourselves, where is your place in, this, in these times? Where is it? I want to encourage you, let it be on your knees. Because you know what? I believe that in these times, you're going to need it. You're going to need a good, solid prayer life. You're going to need it like no other time in your life. I believe you're going to need it. And guess what? The world needs it. The world needs you to be praying, to be on your face before God, hearing from Him, being delighted in Him, giving thanks to Him, seeking His wisdom, His way, His counsel, so that we can be a blessing, so that we can be a fruitful tree into the lives of the people around us. I want to pray for us today. God, I thank you so much for this time that we got to just uh, talk about the importance of getting into your presence uh, despite our environment, despite our disruption, despite the things that we used to do and the gatherings we used to have. God, help us to create new customs, customs that would help us to uh, get into your presence so that we can hear from you, that we can be guided by you, that we can uh, receive your love, receive your peace, receive your wisdom, and then we can give it away, that we can be a blessing into the lives of the people around us. We know so many are going through this season. For us, we're going through the season without church, but there's some who are going through the season without Jesus. And they need us. They need us to be able to share your love share your goodness, share your wisdom and your insight in these times, Lord God. So help us, Lord God, to recommit to being a people of prayer. And uh, if you know, even if it's just a small step, I just want to encourage and ask uh, for people to take it. I know that's your heart for us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, I hope that encourages you today. I hope that you have a great week. And uh, again, we'll see you next week. God bless you.